three, two, one. Florida State absolutely destroys Wake Forest on the road, takes care of business against the Demon Deacons, winning 41-16, to a stellar day from QB1 and Jordan Travis. A lot of touchdowns thrown, three, one on the ground himself. A great stat sheet to put up, which we'll be talking about here in just a few, but a great game overall for Florida State, doing what they need to do to stay undefeated. 8-0 and to begin this 2023 season. With me is our editor-in-chief at NoelGinby.com. Dustin, you're back for the instant reactions. How's it feel? And also, how does it feel not being at a game on site? Yeah, it was definitely a strange feeling today, you know, waking up knowing I'm not going to be at the game covering it for the first time this season. But thankfully, we had Austin there. You know, he's a little bit reliable. So I was comfortable. a little bit reliable. I was comfortable yeah. letting him hold it down in Winston-Salem for us. And uh, yeah, interesting day for sure. I'm not used to being in this position, but here we are and happy to be back talking recap with you guys. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. Florida State, 508 yards in total. Uh, on offense for the Seminoles, but really the stats that I want to look at here is Jordan Travis, 22 of 35, D. Lou, 359 yards on air, and it just seemed like Florida State was able in that first half, they put the game away, putting together 34 points, and you thought, okay, this one is over, and it was practically over for the entire game. We'll talk about some penalties here and there that kind of costed them in a little bit of a slower uh, quarter in the third, but Nonetheless, Florida State was clicking on all cylinders. You saw uh, Trey Benson's 80-yard touchdown rush. It just amazes me still to see him at his size have that burst of speed, uh, just being out defensive backs that far. There's just a lot. There's just so many playmakers. We talked about it last week in our instant reaction when Florida State faced Duke. There's just too many playmakers that Florida State gets to utilize on offense. We're in black for a reason. I mean, this was a funeral game for Florida State. They came out with a chip on their shoulder and a point to prove in a program that they hadn't defeated um, since 2018, a program that Mike Norvell hadn't got a win against since he had arrived in Tallahassee a couple of seasons ago. Actually, didn't have a win against Dave Clawson in his coaching career. Um, picks that first one up today. And, I mean, man, on both sides of the ball, like I said, Florida State just came out wanting to attack. You saw Jordan Travis. It was going to be interesting kind of how Florida State operated without Johnny Wilson, without Destin Hill, without Hakeem Williams in the lineup. We saw him come out, get it, get the ball to Keon Coleman early and then start to spread it around a little bit. You know, Kentron Poitier makes his first catch of the season and then Keon just does what Keon does. I mean, goes out there and takes over games. And that's why I've, I've said he's the best uh, receiver to come through Florida state since Peter Warwick. And I truly believe that the dude is um, a, a special talent. And then on the other side of the ball, Florida state's defense just kept doing what they were doing in the second half, but brought into the first half, just getting all over Wake Forest. Um, Jared Burst coming in with some sacks. The defense putting a lot of pressure on the Demon Deacons. And, I mean, the edge at halftime, Wake Forest only had 75 yards of total offense as the Seminoles just jumped all over them. Yep, yep. Uh, Keon Coleman uh, doing what he does and shows his special ability. I mean, there's no reason why Jordan Travis shouldn't give him opportunities, definitely in one-on-ones, and he did that quite a bit throughout the game. But Keon Cal- Coleman is just such a special athlete and just goes to show without having uh, two of your other starters out there, he can come in and be a pivotal player for Florida State in that wide receiver room. And I just you know love seeing him. And then definitely whenever Florida State's able to get Johnny Wilson back out there as well, Hopefully in this near future, uh, he recovers well. We'll be seeing Johnny c- c- paired up there again with Keon, and it just creates such a such a tough kind of uh, matchup for defenses trying to prepare for that much talent. It's just 
unstoppable. And we saw that in the first half where Florida State was just rolling. Everything was successful. They were finding explosive plays, which we saw a lot of last year. And they're really getting back with that. Also, I think, too, with helping with uh, Jordan Travis's legs, that just helps extend this offense to a different tier. And we talked about that in our preview for this game. If Jay Trav's able to be elusive, utilize it. If he doesn't see anything downfield, just use those legs definitely in the red zone whenever he scrambled for that 13-yard touchdown. Really just shows how good Keon Coleman really is. I mean, he only had seven cut, seven catches for 66 yards. And, I mean, Wake Forest's defense coming into this game without the guys who we mentioned earlier, obviously, were Keon, Keon on Keon Coleman uh, with him being the leading receiver for Florida State and leading the ACC in touchdowns. And, I mean, it just didn't matter. You give him an inch of space, and he's going to take advantage of it. You saw it um, on that hitch in the second quarter where he caught it, juke by a defender, got down, and, I mean, delivered a nasty stiff arm on another guy to finish the play. And then he comes back with that um, on in single coverage. I think Jordan Travis saw that immediately, that Keon Coleman had a one-on-one. I was like, I'm throwing this no matter what. And then Keon just continues to um, shine like the star he is by reeling it in with one hand to just make an electric touchdown catch I mean he's now up to nine receiving touchdowns on the season the impact that Keon Coleman has made on this team is just absolutely unbelievable and it gets a little bit more deadly when Jordan Travis remembers hey these legs they work and they work pretty well and that's just a game changer for Florida State's offense like we talked about um, dating back to the fourth quarter of that win over Duke now he's figuring out you know when to sprinkle that in a little bit just going to make this offense better and better moving forward and I think on air too Travis had one of his best games with accuracy, man. Some of these balls were right on point and stride. I think one of my favorites was over the middle, finding uh, Kyle Morlock for -hmm. a really big game. That was a really nice ball. Also, too, shout out to Kentron Portia. I know he had that drop there. Not like not used to seeing him like you know have those, but still he had that 33-yard catch that was beautiful. And Florida State needed some wide receivers to step up with having a few of those guys out. And Kentron did that also. Ja'Kai Douglas as well had a big catch and big gains. So, you know, Florida State needed just a little bit of some help in that regard. And then you also tied in Jaheim Bell, what he's able to do. And like I was just saying with Kyle Morlock and the play he was able to make from Jordan Travis's throw, uh, you know, the offense was was clicking on all cylinders. And I thought, too, you know, Trey Benson just continues to get better week by week on the ground. Uh, and it's good to see definitely when you can throw in some guys like Lawrence Tofilly, who is a RB1 caliber player. Uh, and you've also still got Rodney Hill, who seems to be getting back to full health. And then also, too, you got Kaziah Holmes in the mix in the running back room. It's a it's a loaded offense um, for Florida State. And going back to that point on Kentron, you know, gets his first catch of the season for that 33-yarder to set up the score for Florida State. And then he came back and had an even bigger catch later in the game that would have gone for a touchdown if not for a holding penalty on Casey Roddick. So, I mean, you could definitely feel his impact and seems like he's getting back to the player that we thought he was going to be when the season started before, you know, he started dealing with some of those injury woes. But, I mean, Florida State just today, really, really good job of spreading the ball around in that receiving game. Obviously, Keon Coleman leading the way with seven receptions. But then you've got Trey Benson getting the 80-yard touchdown catch. He finishes with four catches for 100 yards. Jaheim Bell, four catches for 51. Morlock's got two for 45. Um, Ja'Kai Douglas gets two for 36. Then you've got Kentron, Darion Williamson, Rodney Hill, Lawrence Toafili getting sprinkled in there as well. So, I mean, Florida State um, – how many different receivers of that? Nine different receivers catching a pass on a day where you're missing Johnny Wilson. You're missing Destin Hill, who's developing into a starter at that slot receiver position. You're missing Hakeem, who has come along strong over the last couple of weeks. It says a lot for Florida State to still be able to go out there, 
get 359 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. No inter- or no turnovers on the day for this offense as well, despite missing those guys. Yeah, no, 100%. And now if we move over to the defensive side of the ball, I thought Jared Verse was just a complete menace for four quarters, and it showed, man. He had that eye poke, so it took him out, I think, of just a series. But he had to deal with that all throughout the game. It seemed like after the eye poke, he turned into Cyborg, and this man was getting all over the fields, primarily in the backfield, to get to Griffiths, and it was just continuous. And that just was continuous from the interior all, all the way to the outside. And I thought Florida State's defensive line, at least in that first half, really showed up. And, uh, you know, Jared Verse, I believe, co- collectively, I think he got two, two and a half sacks. I don't have it here on the uh, – They've got him two sacks on stat broadcast. Nice. So two sacks on the day from him. I thought he was great there um, to some other guys from the interior. I thought Malcolm was having a good day. He got injured. We got that on the notes here. We'll watch that as we go into next week. But, uh, you know, the defensive line in that first half was just causing havoc to not allow Wake Forest to do much in the run game as well. But they were getting to Griffiths and you could tell, you know, Griffiths was off on his mark on a few of his throws as well. Like I mentioned earlier, Florida State's defense, I mean, just came out firing. Um, forced three or four three and outs in that opening half, held Wake Forest to 70, 75 total yards in those first two quarters, and 51 of them came on that one rush by um, Justice Ellison to set up that touchdown uh, by Wake Forest early in the second quarter. After that, Forest State's defense really bucked up and, I mean, just did whatever they wanted for the majority of that first half. And I was trying to find the stat. I was going up on PFF to look it up and add up Jared versus snap count because first – I don't know, a couple hundred snaps this season, two and a half sacks for Jared Verse, gets poked in the eye and comes back and gets two sacks and, I don't know, six, seven, or eight plays, a, a ridiculous span for him and um, a, a very powerful game. You could tell he wanted to make an impact. And then, you know, I thought Kalen Deloge, Tatum Bethune, we see them leading the team in tackles today. They were both very impactful as Florida State. You know, going against an offense that can be very confusing with that slow mesh, for the most part, I thought they good, did a good job of shutting it down. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing a few comments in here uh, talking about the refs and some flags. And I was going to bring that up as well, because there was definitely some things where it's the ACC. You're going to deal with that. So you're going to have a couple flags here and there through games, but still Florida State doing some things uncharacter- uncharacteristically to themselves to put them behind the chains at some points and in the game. But for that to happen as much and have that many penalties uh, throughout the game uh, total, I'm looking for uh, the penalties here on the stat sheet, but Florida State over 100-something yards. And Nine penalties. penalties for 115 yards. Yep, 115 yards, and then you still win 41-16. to 16. That's uh, definitely nice, but you know, some big plays being made with Kentron Poitier's big old catch uh, down the sideline there, but got negated off of a KZ Roddick holding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Casey also had a – Tough, tough game, too. He got he missed a block there, and that was the Jaheim Bell jet sweep that got absolutely blown up from Wake Forest. But, uh, yeah, definitely some things that uh, can be cleaned up. But to win 41-16 to 16 with that amount of flags of 115 yards in total, it's nice that you can go through a game like that and have such a, a comfortable win, I'd say. Nice is uh, the light way to put it because 115 penalty yards – Wake Forest only passed for 82 yards and had 128 rushing yards. I mean, Florida State nearly pat, uh, matched that in their penalties alone. And you still go on the road to a place that, that you haven't won in um, in five-plus years, cover the spread, and take care of business against a sneaky Wake Forest team. There's just been a thorn in Florida State's side 
recently. So I think the fan base, um, you know, despite the opponent, we knew coming into this, the Demon Deacons were overmatched. This one means a little bit more than um, most games like this would. Yep, 100%. Uh, looking through a couple other things here, just from scoring by quarters, Florida State put up 10 points in the first quarter, then put up a 24 in that second quarter. Wake Forest only grabbing seven in the first half in total. And then Florida State uh, landing an the egg there in the third quarter. And you could just kind of tell there, Dustin, and we've seen this throughout the season so far, but Florida State still has not been able to complete four full quarters of a game yet which is really scary to think of. But, you know, when we get to the latter half of the season, get the ACC championship, which we're fully expected Florida State to reach, and then hopefully getting that college football playoff berth, you know, Florida State's going to have to play four quarters. And it seemed like they kind of let off the gas there in the second half, lost a lot of their energy, a lot of their, um, you know, trying to stay on assignment football and allowed Wake Forest to do a few things here and there. But that that's the thing, you know, if Florida State can play a full fourth four quarters, it's, really hard for any team in the country to keep up with them with the amount of points that are being put up on the board. They're still having some of those sleepy moments. You know, you think back to that Boston college game. And I mean, even now after the bye week, there's still been some times where <clears throat> you're questioning, you know, the mentality and the effort from the players, you know, before they were able to take advantage and, and end up blowing out Virginia tech. There were some stretches in that second and third quarter. You think back to the, the next week going to Syracuse or going against Syracuse and, the fourth down mistakes and missing those in the first half. Last week, that uh, bad start against Duke where Florida State was able to rally out of the hole. And then this one, you know, it's just you build up a big lead. And uh, like you said, Logan, kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit. Luckily, I mean, Wake Forest, they were able to capitalize on two possessions, but Florida State didn't give them a ton and came out there with that big drive to end things off in the fourth quarter. Looking at uh, a few other things, too, injuries-wise, and this is going to stick with the defense. We saw Verse, he came back into the game. Uh, Malcolm Ray went down. Uh, didn't didn't get an eye on him, but didn't go to the medical tent, which is a good sign that he's going to be he's going to be fine. And then Shaheen Brown was down earlier in the game as well, but came back to play. Renato Green also went down, came back to play. I saw him on special teams in the latter half of the game. Uh, and also noted down here, we were talking in the production meeting before we went live, but Maurice Smith kind of dinged up. VZ was there uh, giving us some scoop inside our Discord. Maurice Smith, you know, has been battling with some injuries here and there, uh, kind of just some wear and tear on his body. I would, I'm sure he's like ready to get through and hopefully have a little bit of a length of cushion time if Florida State's able to do what they need to do in Charlotte to get some rest. But those guys, at least from injury on the injury front, you know, we'll talk with Mike Norvell too on Monday, but it seems like for those players who are pivotal players for Florida State, uh, ended up being uh, just fine. And a lot of those guys went up and went back into the game, if not all of them. So good sign there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for the most part, it seems like Florida State came out of this game pretty healthy. Obviously, there's some guys that are still, are still healing up. And, you know, we've talked about there's multiple guys along that offensive line that aren't playing 100% right now. Maurice Smith being one of them. So a gutsy effort from him to uh, finish the game while the starters were still out there. I want to go back through everything, like go back through the game and check out the PFF numbers when they come in, see how much Robert Scott was able to play in this one because I honestly didn't pay a ton of attention. But it did look like Bless Harris started the game at left tackle for Florida State. So we're still seeing some shifting um, in that rotation along the offensive line. You know, Alex Atkins wants to spread it around and get all eight of those veterans some time each game, depending on the matchup. And, yeah, like I said, I just want to dive into that 
and see how those guys were able to perform. But Florida State, um, I think, was it just one? One red zone miss in this game, their second of the season after Ryan Fitzgerald's first missed kick, which I've got to say I take I take total blame for because at halftime uh, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan made that 34-yarder right before the half, and I tweeted that he's 10 for 10 on field goals and 41 of 41 on extra points. And then, of course, his next attempt, he misses one from inside 30 yards. So we'll put that one on me, not on Ryan. Yeah, blame goes to Delu there on the tweet, and um, a couple of people could also be blamed for it because a lot of them were giving him love, and of course they should. Ryan Fitzgerald having a great season so far, uh, but if you're gonna miss one, do it on this one whenever you're uh, comfortably uh, winning and don't have to worry too much about it. Save now, maybe that one won't happen later on in the season whenever it's a little bit more pivotal for you in a game. But yeah, Ryan Fitzgerald still having uh, having a really great season for the Seminoles and putting up points on the board and just being a nice cushion for Seminoles getting three points up. But yeah, that was a nice 46 yard field goal though up there in Winston Salem against the demon Deacons. Uh, but yeah, Florida state doing everything they could against uh, Griffiths, you know, six of 16 for him, 82 yards on the air. I thought Florida state in the secondary, I saw, you know, Renardo green doing what he does. Ventral Cypress also having a nice PBU and good coverage Florida state, uh, really, really just nice. And you look back at, you know, Adam Fuller, these last couple of games, man, uh, you know, they, they put together some good game plans against these offenses and, you know, got to continue to give him credit. We can give credit. You know, we love the points and the points that Mike Norvell's putting up, the 30 points a game and everything. But you got to go back and look at your defense. And when there's games like this and you're continuously winning by this margin, it goes to show what Florida State's been able to do on the defensive side and also for your first year secondary coach coach Sertan uh, he, he's doing a good job with these guys and also too a lot of youngsters also being involved in this getting some more playing time and uh, it just goes to show you know that this defense just continues to get better and better and week by week there's been a massive step forward and I mean the stats just show the complete suffocation that Florida State put on today 82 passing yards on 38 percent completions percentage you look at the running game I mean none of those running backs really had success um, on the ground. I know Justice Ellison finished with 77 yards on 10 carries. 51 of those came on one play. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, outside of that, nine carries for 26 yards. No one else, you close the list on me, Logan, but no one else on that list had over three yards per carry. I mean, Florida State held them down. And we're talking about one, two, three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. seven different players that recorded a rush. Ellison finishes with 7.7 yards, but like I said, a lot of it just on one simple play, and you look at Florida State's defense as well, a season-high five sacks, also ten tackles for loss, as, I mean, they just put it all over Wake Forest. (laughs) So I think even though there were some of those struggles there um, in the second and third quarter, you know, the overall performance by this defense, um, you outgained Wake Forest by over two to one in total yards, uh, hold them to three of 14 on third down, and that was without forcing a turnover. Wake Forest had been a team that had turned the ball over a ton coming into this one. Florida State wasn't able to force one, but still held them to just 16 points. Zay is on here on YouTube asking any mention as to why Lawrence Tofilly was so limited in usage today. Um, and I don't think that was any kind of a game plan, nor I don't I'm not there in the, the game planning room with uh, Coach Atkins and, and Norvell and Coach Yak. But uh, I think there was just other guys that were getting into their groove more. Trey Benson, 55 yards on the ground. And I think, too, whenever Jordan Travis uses his legs like he did today, uh, gaining almost 30 yards on the ground. 
that helps out a ton too. Uh, you know, Lawrence to Philly still, uh, you know, they tried to, they tried to, um, you know, kind of mix things up on defenses and, and the defensive corners week by week and how you're switching up the, the usage on some guys. And it just so happens to be that some of the other guys got more attempts there, or, you know, there might be some other things, but I don't think it's something that to be uh, too concerned about. I think that's just how it worked out this week. Florida state spreads those touches around. Benson obviously had the hot hand and, um, you know, Rodney Hill and Kaiser Holmes have been playing some pretty good football as of late, earning some more time out there in that rotation. But, I mean, I wouldn't take it as a major thing moving forward. Nope. Yeah, and now Florida State 8-0 on the season. Their next matchup is going to be against Pittsburgh on the road. A not-so-great Pittsburgh team as well, but still going on the road. We don't have a time yet for that kickoff so we'll be keeping an eye on that but i would not be shocked uh, once again for florida state to be uh, put on that it's going to be put on you know abc uh, and a primetime light so florida state will have that opportunity there on national television but um you know florida state still has got have a is going to have a good chance to get, extend this uh, record to nine and oh which, you know, I love how, you know, we heard from the broadcast today and I think we heard about it last week as well. But, you know, Minor Belt sitting down and talking with Jordan Travis and after the Syracuse game and, you know, just reminding him, you know, go out there and, and have fun while you're out there during these games. Don't stress out too much. And, you know, you're going to you're going to play better. You're going to enjoy being out there more if you're having fun with it. And I think that was something big for Jay Trav and you see him uh, playing better. And, you know, these balls that he was throwing today, I thought he was absolutely excellent. It's easy to kind of just over overlook things on what Jordan Travis does and how he, what he does with his legs while he's on his rollouts, extending plays, pushing receivers open, uh, you know, it's it's easy that we kind of like overlook that. But Jordan Travis is a game changer. He's an electric quarterback. He's great with his legs. He was phenomenal with his arm today and a damn good game from uh, Jordan Travis at number 13. And he does look like he's having fun out there. You saw after the first touchdown, him showing some emotion, um, yelling out some encouragement to either the Wake Forest fans or Florida State fans. I couldn't tell who he was going after, but either way, showing some excitement there and I mean, there have been some times where we've seen him express frustration after missing some big plays the last couple of weeks. This time, you know, you see Kentron drop that pass over the middle that you mentioned earlier, and Jordan goes right up over to him, daps him up, give him some words after the play. So I was really impressed, you know, not only with how he played on the field, but also just him continuing to lead this program in the right direction. And now you're looking at Jordan Travis, four more total touchdowns. believe that has him at 94 total now in his career at Florida state, only six more away from that 100 mark. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of football left to play on this schedule for the Seminoles eight and no potential conference championship game, at least one postseason game, maybe two. We'll see how the path continues to go from here. Um, no matter where Jordan Travis does end up on that list, it's going to be very hard for anyone to ever catch that number. Yeah, no, I think he'll be able to reach that. I will say, um, and two games, if if something goes crazy next week, <laughs> that would be a fun one, obviously, to reach that. But nonetheless, Four more next week, and he can get it against Miami. Hey, see, there you go. Maybe save it for that, Norvell. Who knows? But nonetheless, Jay Trav, and right when you're heading into November, just to see him and how precise he was on air, you're loving it as a Florida State fan. So great to see right now. 
for uh, Pittsburgh going against Notre Dame. They're down seven. They're on the road against the Fighting Irish. Uh, Pittsburgh Panthers two and five on the season. But Florida State will go and travel up there this next weekend. So, uh, yeah, Florida State, you know, minuscule, some things that they can certainly clean up. But when you look at the penalties there for the main thing, uh, that that can be fixed. And for it to still be a 41-16 route, in Winston-Salem to get their revenge to a lot of these players, I think came in with a good mindset to, to come in with a little bit of chip, more, more some revenge, honestly, a little ticked off. Mm. It showed up that way. And certainly uh, defensively and the way that Florida state was able to move uh, offensively, it showed. It was a chippy game. I mean, you could tell both sides were really getting after it on the broadcast. I mean, Dave Clawson was absolutely giving the refs the business had a couple points in the game, really upset. And the Wake Forest defense, I mean, we saw Jordan Travis get hit on that slide after the play. Um, no flag on Wake Forest on that one. So there was some chippiness, but Florida State, like you said, Logan, they wanted revenge here. This was the team everyone remembers that gave Florida State their first loss in 2022. The Seminoles weren't having it this time, come out with a blowout win and continue to climb in the right direction. First college football playoff poll is going to be released on Tuesday night. And I got a feeling Florida State, they're going to be in that top four. Yeah, they 100% most likely will be. They deserve it. They've got a good resume right now uh, compared to the rest of the college football and, that, and those top teams. So Florida State doing what they need to do and, and convincingly on the road against Wake Forest, a team that has uh, gotten the best of them the last couple of years, to say the least. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us here on our Instant Reaction Show. We will be here live next Wednesday to preview Florida State at Pittsburgh. We will also be giving out a lot of content too for these college football playoff uh, announcements and the rankings coming out. So make sure you're tuned to all of our socials and our site, nolgameday.com on Tuesday evening when those rankings come out. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that like button down below before you head out from here. We would definitely appreciate it. It helps reach more FSU fans to get in here to ask more questions, bring up some topics for us to cover throughout our shows during the season. But yeah, see you guys next Wednesday at 7 p.m. And y'all have a great rest of y'all's weekend. Peace.